This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and thanks for joining us on Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County podcast where we've just sat through the East Midlands Derby. Let's face it, it was low on quality but high on fouls and endeavour. Back-to-back clean sheets though for the Rams who are still firmly in the playoff mix ahead of a tough festive programme. We're going to be talking all things Derby Forest in our latest podcast. Tom sat through it with me, and Richard, who is on his travels, I understand you found a uh, dodgy internet stream to watch it live as well. Yep, um, at the risk of dobbing in a local hotspot for Brits, but Dublin are on Long Street in Cape Town actually obliged at the last minute, and they found their, their Sky Sports stream, and uh, it was me, a couple of friends, and a dodgy Forest family sat just behind me who were cheesing off my my stream that I'd worked hard to find all week but uh, yeah good good to catch it all uh, even if it wasn't the biggest quality of match the, that you are living the Christmas dream it's fair to say so yeah <laughs> we'll be talking through the whole match we've got some of your tweets as well how did you guys see it the uh, the result which saw Derby stay in fourth in the second half of the podcast we're going to be looking back on the season so far so we're basically at a halfway point now really almost uh, 22 games played out of 46 so who's been our uh, individual performers of the season? What's been our moment of the season? Are Derby County where we expect to be at this stage in the season? And what would Frank Lampard possibly have done differently in his first season as a manager? But Tom, the, the game literally finished uh, in the last few minutes. Pretty frantic. Uh, someone described it as a kid's game on Twitter, <laughs> which I think is a little bit harsh, but pretty low on quality. A fair result overall? Yeah, I think it was a fair result. I think Derby probably shaded the first half. Forrest came back into it in the second half and had a couple of decent chances for Lolly, but neither side created a lot. Defences were, whilst not being dominant, were predominantly on top. Um, and there was lots of running around, but not a lot of quality, I think. And a kids' game, fair enough. Uh, that's, a, that's a good description of it for me. A lot of kick, hoof, and not a lot of thought going into it. A kids' game in the sense that all, all the players were all really near the ball for a lot of the game. <laughs> like, it, it, it was very condensed, wasn't it? Like, uh, Forrest were playing a high line. Derby knew that Graben wasn't going to get behind Tamori uh, and like no one was going to get in behind Bogle, so we were confident in having the pace. And they knew that like, Marriott's quick, but he's not, like, super, superbly quick. So um, they were fairly confident of us not playing over the top of them. So it was very condensed in the midfield. And I just don't think there was any space there. So it was not pretty to watch. Richard, these games are the first fixture that everyone looks for in the season. It was a huge game, even at this time in the season, with just under half the season gone. Did you actually enjoy watching it? I mean, I, I, I didn't really. Uh, I just find it, I get so engrossed in the nerves of the occasion and everything. Not just because it's Forest. I know a handful of Forest fans, but not in any way as many as a lot of Derby fans, I'm sure. But more just because of what was at stake, really. You know, if we'd won, we'd have been six points ahead of seventh 
just what three or four points off the top two um so i was more nervous because of the general uh situation that we're in league wise really but yeah i don't know about you but i just found it a pretty um a pretty arduous gruesome watch from start to finish really yeah i found it a really uh, I, I i'd echo what you said an arduous gruesome watch for 90 minutes and I agree with what you say in the sense that it was a, another game against a top, you know, eight rival. I guess is the best way to put it. And you know, let's be honest, none of us, Tom, Chris, you grew up in in the Burton area, but Tom and I, we we, we grew up d- down south, and we've all got our family connections to Derby, hence hence why we support them. Um, none of us, I think, hate Forest to the extreme that a lot of Derby fans do hate them because we're not from the area originally, but. I, I always, I always find this fixture really grueling, and I, I never want to lose to Forest. I always want to beat them, but you know what? Before any fixture, I'd probably always take a draw just to avoid that feeling of not losing. And I think, as Tom said, I think it's probably a fair result. I thought that we created a couple of good chances. We had a, a good shout for a penalty, but I think in general, I think it was probably a, a probably a fair result, a draw. I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was a poor game of football. I think if we played to our potential, we would have won it quite comfortably. But we never really got the ball down. We never pressed them. I really thought, having had a whole week off this week, we might have really took the tempo up and really pressed them hard in their own half. Because I don't think Forrest are that comfortable on the ball throughout the whole team. I think we missed an opportunity there. And we could have really taken a game to them. However, I'll take a draw. And I think on the balance of play, a draw is probably a fair result. So let's pick apart a couple of those incidents you've mentioned there. Derby seemed to think they had a decent shout for a penalty in the first half when I think it was Wilson who fizzed it into Lawrence and his touch actually let him down slightly didn't it but it did come at him very quickly and then it was uh, Diacre was it the uh, the Forest defender who sort of lost him and then proceeded to just swing his right foot up towards Lawrence's chest um, I my first reaction was Lawrence made a bit of a meal of it but the replays didn't really do the Forest man any favours afterwards, and you probably have to say, Tom, that technically probably was a penalty, wasn't it? Really, it's not even probably. It's a stonewall penalty. And um, the reason why Lawrence's touch isn't great is because I think either Heffley or uh, or Colback get a touch on the ball, um, and the ball sort of bobbles up just in front of Lawrence. He gets there first. Diacra swings a leg, kicks him in the chest. How the referee doesn't give it, I've got no idea. That's a penalty. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every single day of the week. Okay, unbelievable decision from the referee. Frank Lampard actually said afterwards that he used that incident to relate it to VAR. He said uh, it wrangles, it was clear and obvious, um, VAR needs to come soon. It was a blatant penalty and the ref did miss some decisions in the game, but he acknowledged that he missed them for both sides, not just um, not just us. The one that you two were both uh, having it out about on the old on the Steve Bloom was watching WhatsApp group was the was whether Jaden Bogle should have gone in the first half. Cut, you were adamant that uh, probably wasn't a red card, but I mean, again, he he's, he's really jumped in, leading with the elbow. And a friend of mine who's a neutral did say he was lucky to stay on the pitch. And I think when that's the case, a lot of people could have made the case that Bogle should have gone. What what makes you think he should have stayed? I think it was uh, I think it was a robust times. I think he went up for the header. He had his arm in front of him because that's the direction he was moving in. I don't think it was a malicious elbow to the face. I think it was just a momentum thing. I think he went to win the header, and it was for me it was a yellow card maximum, and it was definitely a foul. But it was no more than a yellow card. If, if that's a red card, then we might as well give up playing football tomorrow, in my opinion. Tom, one of those ones that's an orange rather than a yellow <laughs> or a red. 
No, I disagree with Kutch. I said I said in in real time, and you said, "Oh, you weren't too sure at, at the time." I was like, "I think he's gone." I had no doubt in my mind. I saw that come in. Um, I saw him fly into it. He had no control of his jump. He turned his back on the play. He wasn't even look at the ball. Um, the elbow went up, and it, it hit uh, Ben Osborne. And it's a red card for me. I don't think we could have had any complaints if the referee had drawn a, a red card out of it. Poor bit of technical play from Bogle because I don't think he was looking at where the ball was or where the player was and he was all over the place uh, red card not even an orange I think it was careless I think it was just careless I don't think it was malicious I think it was careless um, we have this debate I don't, know, I don't know about everyone else but I'm, I'm a big rugby fan there's a bit debate in rugby at the moment about careless versus malicious and versus intent and, and it's a big grey area I agree it's a grey area and I, you know what I wouldn't have complained if it had been a red card but I think it's a really state of a, a really sad state of affairs if that is a red card state in football because I think he was going for the ball. I think his eyes were on the ball. I think it was careless and I think it was late. But I'd be really upset if that was a red card. And, and to be honest, for either team, particularly in the first half of the game with that kind of magnitude as well, I think I think emotions are running high. He's gone in full throttle. He's not looking at the player to to, to wipe Ben Osborne out. Although I wouldn't blame him if he did. But you know he was going for the ball and he misjudged it. It's not a red card. It's a yellow card. Well, let's talk about the actual football, shall we? Because I mean, you can always get bogged down in um, in in red card debates, can't you? Um, the best chance that Derby had in the first half, falling to Tom Huddleston of all people, um, it was a brilliant header from Keogh from the corner, wasn't it? it? Did really well to divert it across goal towards the back stick, and um, the reason we didn't score. Tom is because um, Huddleston basically went in with the wrong foot, went in with his right instead of his left. It, it, it comes quickly, doesn't it? And it's a natural instinct. You you go with your strong foot, and he thinks that he can get there. Um, I'm not going to blame Huddleston for missing that chance. It's a great opportunity. It would have been a great goal. How do you how do you put it away? People would say, "Oh yeah, why didn't you go for your left foot?" Well, you tried doing jumping most of your body length and then trying to put the ball away. I think that was a, a good chance, but it wasn't a clear cut chance for me. Uh, but great header from Keogh. It was the first time and only time we really attacked the ball uh, when a set-piece came in. Well, you mentioned that as well, Kutch, and Huddleston was in the thick of it for a lot of the game. I thought, it, in, in general, he was superb, really. Just, as usual, did things with the ball and showed calmness on the ball that we just don't have in any other position, really. Um, but in terms of the general play of the game, it was all just so fast and so frantic and so congested that a lot of the time even even Tom was struggling to put his foot on it and dictate play in the way he usually does. I mean, players weren't getting more than a few seconds on the ball at a time, were they, if that? But the one time that Huddleston did get a chance to dictate play was when he chipped over that delightful little little floater over the top to Marriott at the back post and then as Marriott's header back across goal, did so well to, you know, to read it, get himself in the position to get it back across again. But no one gambles, Tom, um, and that's that's <laughs> it, it was head in hands moment, wasn't it? That that Tamori just didn't have the instincts to gamble on it and throw his body at it in the middle of the area. We had a fifteen minute spell in that first half where I thought we were brilliant, um, and at the end of that spell, for about five minutes to go uh, in the first half, I thought we we then lost lost our shape and lost our composure. And I thought Huddleston was great, but I then thought he he started to dilly on the ball a bit. Um, and like just not really get the ball moving um, and because of that we lost the ball sometimes in midfield um, he gave the ball away once when he turned into trouble uh, I think it was Colback who won the ball back Darby then countered after that and Colback got back um, but yeah I thought Huddleston was great overall but I do think that Darby didn't look great going forward At the other end of the pitch 
on the other hand, it was Forrest who did have a pretty decent opening themselves, and it seemed to me watching it, they ended both halves much the stronger team. I don't really put that down to us particularly, but it was that massive chance that um, that Graben had, and you were just waiting for him to slot it past Carson, weren't you? When we just seemed to get caught out, really, and it was I think it was Malone and Tamori who stepped up at the same time, didn't read a simple ball over the top, but we basically saved ourselves because Carson managed to get a little nick in it and um, deflect it behind for a corner. Yeah, it was a uh, it was classic derby this season for us, looking looking a little bit fragile, whether it's on the counter attack or losing possession in our own half. That was what I always worried me about tonight's game. I didn't think Forrest would continually open us up, which I didn't do at all, um, although we didn't really open them up either. But I did think that we might always be susceptible to conceding a goal on the break. And it wasn't until until you mentioned it in the introduction, Chris, that I, I realised we actually just have con- kept two clean sheets in consecutive games, which is quite incredible, and hopefully that trend can continue. But, yeah, I thought Forrest always looked dangerous on us, not because they are particularly inventive or particularly creative going forward, but because we are what we are this season, which is a little bit soft at the back and a little bit susceptible to conceding. And actually, I think it, I think it was Malone, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought it was Malone that had got across to block out that strike um, from Graben uh, when, he, when he went for on goal uh, last minute. I, I actually thought from, from in the view I had in the bar I was in that it was a, he shanked it wide, and I was I may have been clapping in the Forest family's fans' faces behind me until <laughs> I realised it was actually a very good block from one of our players but yeah but I thought that was really the only time they opened us up to be honest and, and as Tom said I think the Huddleston chance for us I think it was a half chance if, if we'll be honest I think it's one of those ones where you put your leg out whether it's your right foot or your left foot you've just got to stick a leg out and try and get it in that direction and 50% of the time it goes in and 50% of the time it goes over the bar Tom how many times we seem to say it basically every podcast I think my, my, my patience with Tamori is getting chipped away a little bit every game. He does something in every game that I find inexplicable. Almost is, is either a mistake or it costs us conceding a chance or a goal. You have to think about that his general play, it does, you know, he's kept, he's kept two clean sheets. We are where we are and he's been at the heart of that defence. But, at the, by you know, by the same token, he, he was at it again today, wasn't he? Like, just the, the odd little lapse in concentration here and there and... That he did the classic Tamori thing of getting caught ball watching, but then using his 110% pace to uh, just eat up the cent- eat up the centre forward and make up for it. He reminds me of Naya Tanga. I think we've said that before. How he came onto the scene and looked like a real prospect. He seemed big and he's strong. Um, maybe made a mistake, but he'll learn. He's still not learning. And for me, he's a real weak weak link in that derby defence. So many times caught out. Of pos- uh, position. He had to use his pace to get back against real quality. You can't do that. He doesn't look like he's going to be a, a top class centre half at the moment. Um, in addition to that, not only was he getting beaten to the ball by Graben, fair play, he's a big lad. Um, he's getting beaten to the ball by Jao Carvalho. Carvalho is about five foot five. Like Tamori needs to be as a centre half winning headers against a, that sort of size player, and he was being beaten there two or three times. And to me not good enough and I'd have a change in, at the back of, uh, at the weekend possible item for Frank Lampard's January shopping list at the very least um, although let's see how he does before the turn of the year so as we said at the top of the podcast uh, we were asking you guys to get involved and give us your immediate reaction to the 
second consecutive 0-0 draw at News Midlands Derby. You can follow us on social at Steve Bloomer Pod on Twitter. We're on Facebook and Instagram as well. And if you give us a follow on social now, you can uh, you can see the very best of the 12 Rams of Christmas, which is um, our take on the 12 days of Christmas where we're posting a little Rams video from, from the archives every day between now and Christmas Eve. So a few tweets came in off the back of the 0-0 draw. Uh, Mark Oliver tweeted us to say, I always think we don't make enough of our wide players in attacking positions. We have Bogle and Malone pushing up in what look like decent positions, but they don't always get the ball. We should be more dangerous playing down the flanks. Uh, Joe Stevenson tweeted us after the 0-0 draw to say, Fair results. Both sides had some decent chances. Two clean sheets, something to build on. Daniel Rose got in touch. She said, uh, a point of fair result. Made a lot of wrong decisions in possession today. A pretty frustrating game. Whenever we play a quality side at home, we don't seem to have the answers. Uh, Martin Broadhurst uh, tweeted us as well. He said, two teams failing to capitalise on opportunities. And he said that the uh, he thought the Atmos was a bit flat in the South Stand. And I, I certainly heard him slagging off Sky Sports, so it sounded right to me. And Gareth tweeted us to say, it could have been three red cards if only Huddleston had used his left peg when sliding in. Um, did we even string three passes together in the second half? Coach, we certainly fell away in the second half, didn't we? Is that a cause for concern for you going forward? I wouldn't say that the, the second half was particularly worrying in isolation. I think we seem to, for whatever reason, struggle against the top teams at home. Today I can make an excuse for it because it's a derby and there's more emotion, there's more atmosphere, there's the higher tempo. But, you know, we never really reached the heights or even touched the heights of um, West Brom away, uh, Middlesbrough away, uh, although we didn't get the result we, we deserved there. You know, today, I, I really did fear before the game that tonight could turn into something like Aston Villa or Leeds at home this season. I was generally very scared of that happening because that's what's happened when we've played the big teams at home, bar possibly Sheffield United, I guess. Um, I, I, I always take Derby games in isolation. I, I never put it inside the inside the form book. You know, it's, I know it's a cliche, but the form that goes out the window, and I think that's correct, whether it's the performance or the result. Um, I think we move on, and we've got some. We've got a lot of big games coming up this month. So let's move on. You know, we're unbeaten in the last few games. We've kept two clean sheets in a row, which is the probably. I guess I'm literally guessing, but I presume it's the first time this season we've kept consecutive clean sheets. So let's move on to the rest of December and keep this unbeaten run going. I think there was um, Preston and Ipswich. Was that back-to-back clean sheets? I think in those those back-to-back yeah, two early in the season, start yeah. of the season. But that that seems like a really long time ago, doesn't it? Um, Tom, what, what are you going to add there? I was just going to uh, add in the point about Martin Waghorn, if it's a good time to do that. And Kutch, I was wondering what you thought about this as well. Do we miss Waghorn? Because I remember the time when we were playing really well uh, against Middlesbrough, against Chelsea, for example, in the October-November period. Um, Waghorn was one of those players on the right wing, and he, he was the player who was maybe giving a bit of balance to that derby side. And Kutch, do you think Waghorn should have been in that squad tonight? Yeah, if he's not injured, he definitely should have been in that squad. I mean, I would have started him ahead of Lawrence. Um, I actually read. I know. I know Wilson's had a really great run, goal-scoring run the last few weeks. But I much prefer Wilson on the on the left than on the right. And I and I'd really like to see um, Waghorn on the right if he's fit, with Wilson on the left because I just feel like we we when we have Lawrence on the left and Wilson on the right, which has been the case for the last few weeks, we really we we, we play so narrow. 
but without dominating or flooding the midfield. Um, and we really rely on Bogle and Malone getting forward. And uh, I know Bogle made a great couple of crosses, including the assists for Marriott against Wigan. But in general, we really missed the width. And actually, I'd rather. I think Mount has suffered in the last few weeks from not having uh, space in the middle because our wingers are playing narrow. Because you're playing two inverted wingers. You're playing Lawrence on the on the left cutting in and you're playing Wilson on the, on the right cutting in and you're, you're crowding the space in the middle which actually removes space for Marriott and it removes space for Mount and probably even removes space for Alderson. Um, I would I would much rather see Waghorn back out on the right I think he works hard I think he tracks back better um, and I think he also offers that gold threat, that gold threat at, the, uh, at the back post which I think we've missed in the last few weeks I mean Lawrence just isn't looking massively confident right now is he um, and he's do it, he's, he's falling into that habit of taking pot shots when uh, there are better options sometimes available, which is what he has a habit of doing sometimes. But anyway, we'll come on to broader issues around the Rams in the second half of the pod. We're going to look at the uh, look back on the season so far, who are our standout performers and uh, moments after just about halfway in the 18-19 season. But in the meantime, uh, Steve Bloomer's washing is partnered, of course, you know this by now, with Derby Brewing Company. The um, micro pub operator in Derby with three venues across the city, and Tom. They've just launched a couple of festive beers, haven't they? Oh, okay, then. They've Tell launched me more. one called Rain Beer. See what they've done there? Rain Beer, which is a 4.5% spiced orange amber ale, and you can also get a cheeky pint of White Christmas, which is a 5.5% flavoursome rich pale ale. So give those guys a follow on social media. We'll be back soon. Keep it locked. Hi, I'm Dean Sturridge. Hi, I'm Paul Pesky-Solido. Hi, I'm Curtis Davis, and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing. So I'll wrap up the discussion on uh, Derby nil, Forest nil, with uh, a bit of chat in the second half, where, as we said before, Derby did fall away a bit, and Forest seemed to have the better chances from what chances there were. The two main ones coming from Joe Lolly, Kutch, who we knew was going to be the danger man for Forest, and the first one forcing a... A decent but pretty comfortable save for Carson, I'd say. It was, uh, it wasn't right in the corner, and the second one where uh, played nice little one-two and they hit a crossbar. So a bit of a let off late on for you there. Yeah, a bit of a let off. But I, as I said before, I just don't think either team did anywhere near enough to win that game. I think almost both teams deserved to lose it. I thought they're both pretty poor uh, in midfield and attack. Uh, but we got that off of course we did but I think they got let off too in a few instances I think it's probably the most equal we've been not just going into a game but actually in a game itself I think Derby and Forest will both be unlucky not to be in the top six but I could also with the way this season's going see us both finishing kind of seventh and eighth as well so I think the second game of this season at the City Ground will probably be quite a big game in deciding how we both finish, whether it's top six, just outside top six, or possibly even either of us challenging the top two. I think you're being, I think you're playing both teams down a bit there. You know, I mean, I know that no teams created um, any incredible absolute sitters of chances, but in general, I think the reason why both teams didn't look great was just, I think the 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 occasion overwhelmed the, the football really um, in the first half I think both teams seemed so determined not to give any quarter to the other I don't want to say they cancelled each other out but even at the end there was you know there was like head tennis going on and players chasing down balls and stuff and tackles flying in so many fouls and yellow cards and stuff I think it looked I think it looked poor because of the occasion not poor because we're two bad sides would you agree with that Tom? I think uh, I think you're right 
actually, Chris. And I don't think it was a great performance. And having been to the Swansea game a couple of weeks ago, um, I didn't think Derby were great then. But the sort of media seemed to be raving about our performance, in particular Harry Wilson at that time. Um, but I didn't see too many uh, dissimilar moments from Derby against Swansea and to Derby against Forest. We looked a bit slow in possession. We looked a bit uh, unsure about what to do when we're going forward. We looked shaky at the back. Um, I didn't think Forrest looked particularly great going forward. Um, I think there were two good sides that cancelled each other out. And uh, for me, I don't think Derby are really sort of fluent at the moment. I don't think we're in the top form that we've, we've seen this season. If you rate this on this season, we say, like, I know the, the Man United, the West Brom performance are up there as an 8, 9, 10 out of 10 performances for these this season. That's more of a five or six, and that's where Derby have been against Wigan and against Swansea. We can play a lot better than we did tonight, and I'm sure Forrest will say they can play a lot better. Either team could have won it. Yeah, I, I, I completely see what you mean there, but you have to grow into a season, don't you? And we can probably count on one hand the number of times where Derby have played well for the entire game. Um, but on the other hand, two defeats in the last 12, we're still fourth, we're still in the mix... We're, we're we're doing the right things, just not quite 100% of the time. Yeah, that's fair. And let's not forget that Nottingham Forest are the draw kings of the top 12 this season. I think Forest have lost only two, maybe three games this season. I think they've drawn more than any other team in the top eight as well in the Championship. Derby actually haven't drawn very many games this season. We've, we've either won or lost games. So to pick up a draw against Forest isn't a bad result at all. Um I think we probably, I know it sounds a bit weird to say, but we probably need to pick up a few more draws at the moment. You know, we need to turn a few of those close defeats into draws. Keeping back-to-back clean sheets could do wonders to confidence, although I agree we didn't, we didn't look great at the back again tonight. It's 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 ridiculously close up there in that top in that top kind of eight, ten, ten teams. I think we're definitely we're definitely in the mix for top six. But I really, I really feel this is a great opportunity this season to, to step up and say, no, let's not muck about a top six this season. Let's really step up into top two. And with the likes of Wilson and Mount, I think we've got the quality to do it. Can we build the base around them? Do you reckon Norwich and Leeds are catchable then, Tom? Yeah, definitely. I mean, what is it? We must be five or six points uh, behind uh, behind the top two. Um, I don't think it's that. that's not insurmountable at all. It, it's going to take a good run uh, but it's not going to take an outstanding run if you look back to when we won promotion 95-96 we went on a 20 match unbeaten run from November to, to must have been March time like, it's not going to take that kind of run to, to get us to the position where we want to be if you look even last season Fulham themselves went on a massive unbeaten run um, to get into the playoffs because of their bad start we're in a great position at the moment um, all we need to do is keep keep up that that sort of winning winning that more games than we lose as Kutch says getting a draw when we maybe are uh, maybe been losing like tight games recently um, and I think we'll be in an, in there Norwich and Leeds are by no means out of sight for us Could have been so different towards the end Kutch the, um, the one decent chance that Derby did carve out in the last 15-20 minutes um, lovely bit of interplay between uh, Wilson and Marriott and Marriott digging out an impossible cross I mean how he got to that and then hooks it back across goal and then well, we've all seen what Wilson can do with his left peg this season. Um, and he did well to get out on target, but couldn't quite find the corner or get it far, far enough away from uh, Pantillamon and Forrest's goal. Yeah, I know. It was, I, I, I did think I was expecting to net the bulge at that point because Pantillamon, even from the Forest fans, would say he's not had the greatest season this year. 
and it wasn't a great save as you said I think he, he, he hit it a little bit clo- too close a nice distance from him he could get down there to palm it away that, that was a good chance but again it wasn't a clear cut chance you know it, it was a chance that you know, probably a 50-50 chance yeah, sometimes it nests in the bottom corner other times you, you force a good save from the goalkeeper yeah and the kind of four Wilson's in you might expect them to score it but as we've said in previous podcasts we can't rely on Wilson or other of our flair players to keep banging excellent half volleys free kicks you know good strikes from distance in uh, into the back of the net we've got to start creating some more clear cut chances and tonight we didn't do that as we said back to back clean sheets step in the right direction definitely uh, something we couldn't do for 15 games and then two come along at once which is definite progress the first one coming away at, uh, at Wigan the week before last uh, just a, a bit of a word on that before we move on to the season as a whole Tom um, you, you've seen the action there it's a different sort of a win wasn't it we had to show a lot of character not least from some pretty despicable uh, play acting from uh, from Wigan's players and trying to um, get, a, get an equaliser by uh, playing dirty, basically. That derby performance on on Saturday, uh, the other Saturday against Wigan, was um, sort of summed up the season a bit. Flashes of brilliance, some great interchange, a terrific goal, cross from Bogle and the header from Marriott was a, a really brilliant goal. Then Derby failed to capitalise and go and push on. I think we've only really done that once this season. Uh, away at West Brom, maybe twice uh, if we talk about home to Brentford as well. Um, but arguably, I don't think Derby capitalised on a position that they were in. Fifteen minutes in down to 10 men 20 minutes in um, 1-0 up uh, and playing against 10 men we should be winning that game 2 or 3-0 and then we cause ourselves a bit of trouble the actions of Sam Morsey uh, against Wilson where Wilson goes to pick up the ball looking at his bootlaces Morsey like falls over clutching his head it's disgraceful pathetic like play acting uh, from what he does and it's unbelievable that someone can uh, do something like that in the modern day and that's the sort of thing that the FA need to be stamping out for me I mean, it's a compliment, if anything, that opposition players are starting to target Wilson now, that he is that threat. And he's, uh, is he level with Marriott now? On goal? No, Marriott's one ahead, isn't he? Yeah, um, yes, it is a compliment to him. But at the same time, Derby needs to be a little bit more clever. And we also need to, I think we're sharing the goals out fine, but I think we need to be less reliant uh, on, on the likes of Wilson because at the moment it's like, give it to Wilson, hope he scores. Kutch mentioned earlier, Wilson and Lolly were the two most likely scorers today. I thought Marriott ran his socks off tonight, but he got no help. There was I didn't even see Mal. I don't know where he where he was tonight. I think he might have had the game off. Didn't really see too much to support him from Bryson. Um, we need to be a little bit more uh, sort of fluid and a little, have a little bit more a few more players, sorry, to support the likes of Wilson because otherwise we're going to get found out. Mount Mount started the season really well. Now he's been shut down. Wilson stepped in. Now he's been shut down. What happens next? Does Mount come back or? Imagine what would be. Imagine well, we've shown for a couple of games what it can be like when both are playing well at the same time. We're we're, we're too much for most teams to handle. But yeah. it's up to Frank and the rest of the players to work out a system and a way of playing that um, that lets them both flourish. So hopefully we'll see that in the next few weeks. The season so far though, pretty much at the halfway point. Uh, Twenty-two games. Derby three points off where they were at this point last season, where we're just beating Villa two 0 um, still fourth, but on 41 points instead of 38. So really not that much in it at all, to be honest. Kutch, the question for you is, are, with Lampard's first season in management, that huge turnover in players between the end of last season and the start of this season, are we where you expected us to be, do you think? Yeah, so we're, we're fourth tonight. I would definitely have taken that. I would definitely have taken that after 
Lampard took over. I know we all dislike Gary Rowett now, but I think we're all a little bit, little bit disappointed to lose another manager um, so quickly after appointing him in the first place. Uh, to have Frank Lampard come in, which was an exciting appointment, although I think the three of us will all admit we were pretty cynical when we were appointed him in the first place. I think it's been a really good start to the season. I think there's been some great results. There's been some, obviously, the obvious disappointing results. Leeds very early on at home, Aston Villa recently at home. Um, but I would definitely have taken fourth uh, in, in the league at this point in the season, going, going into Christmas. Um, obviously, we all know what's going to happen in January and February and March. Can we avoid the usual Derby County meltdown at that time? If we avoid that meltdown, we're going to be in the run for automatics, I think. I think we're arguably a little bit ahead of where we could expect it, where we could reasonably be expected to be. I mean, you see a lot of teams who throw money at projects like we have and who have huge turnovers and players have basically completely different starting 11s, only keep a handful of players from one season to the next, have rookie managers, and, and they bomb, don't they? You know, they finish in the bottom half, and there's plenty of team you know several teams below us who have spent more money and have more experience and have more experienced managers who are below us in the league so for Lampard to be or to have got us where we are at this point is I would say I wouldn't have been unhappy if we were seven four eight at this point really overall even with how tight this division is this season no not at all and I think it's been a it's been a positive start I think we've played some excellent football at times and I think we look a, a much more a much more likeable team to watch um, and I think it's it's much more interesting to watch Derby this year than it was last year I love the Vivla shithouse kind of thing of those scrappy 1-0s and up and atom kind of attitude from last year um, but that's gone and I think this, this Derby team is much, much better to watch um, so where we are at the moment fourth in the league three points worse off than last year I think we're in a great position to really kick on and I'm hopeful that for once in the what last four years we're not going to have that January, February, March slump uh, like we have done. So a few standout performers this season. We talked about Mount and Marriott and Wilson, Tom Huddleston as well. Um, so what we did at this point last season was to have 30 seconds each on one player each making the case for them as Derby County's player of the season so far. So I can do it again this season. The three players we've chosen are uh, Jack Marriott, Harry Wilson and Mason Mount. I think we should do a disclaimer right now that we were going to include Huddleston, weren't we? He probably could have made it on another day, really. And if this podcast involved four people, then we would be doing it. But um, it doesn't. There's only three of us. So we're going to stick with those three for the time being. Kurt, you can go first. You've got 30 seconds to explain to us two and the listeners why Mason Mount has been Derby County's player of the season so far. Three, two, one, go. Well, I think Mason Mount, without doubt, is the the best ball player in the team. I don't just mean ball player in terms of passing range, because Tom Huddleston is obviously the best ball player in the league in that regard. But Mason Mount, he can take the ball in close quarters, he can turn either side, he's good on both feet, he can play the short passes, he knows exactly where everyone else is on the pitch when he gets the ball. And he's got that eye for goal, which we saw particularly in the first uh, 10, 15 games. Three, two, one, stop. (laughs) Oh, really? Was that 30 seconds? Uh, Well, (laughs) slightly over. Um, Decent, (laughs) decent, good effort. (laughs) Some, some good points made there. I'm going to reset my stopwatch. Tom, Harry Wilson has been Derby County's best player of the season so far because 3-2-1, start. 
following a slow start to the season, Harry Wilson burst onto the scene following an exciting and blistering counter-attacking goal at Brentford. Since then, he's been our star man. Goals against Manchester United, what a free kick, West Brom away from home, Birmingham, Sheffield Wednesday, Stoke and Swansea where he scored that blinding brace, including one from 30 yards, shows that he's one of the most important players in this team at the moment. He's quick, he's sharp, he's powerful, he's pacey, he's got so much creativity, top player so far this season. 32.17 seconds, but oh, I'll give you that. Sorry. No, 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 no it's me. Right. Extra time. I, I, just thought I'd, I just thought I'd let you finish your point. Really, you, you were you were in the zone. I thought I'd let you carry on. Have you got a stopwatch on your phone? Uh, yeah, I can do one here. So my one is Jack Marriott has been Derby County's Player of the Season so far because uh, this man scores goals. Once he was unleashed this season, he's hit the ground running, and he's a striker Derby County have been crying out for. Left foot and right foot, headers, volleys on the deck. He's got it all, and he's doing it in the big games as well. We had a 20-goal-a-season striker, but Super Jack could surpass Vidra. He's better in the air, and he defends from the front. He sums up Lampard's style. Fast, fearless, full of goals, and there's plenty more to come. Beautiful, Chris. <laughs> I bloody love Jack Marriott. Can I just say, I, what, the, the point I didn't get to make, uh, I don't want to slam off our fellow competitors, Harry Wilson and uh, Jack Marriott, but... What Mason Mount gives us is he just gives us a more connection. You know, it gives us more all-round play. You know, Wilson and Marriott grab the headlines with the goals, and uh, Mason Mount just gives us a little bit more. I, I just don't think Wilson and Marriott will be scoring the goals they're scoring without the likes of Mason Mount in our team. Interesting stuff. Well, we'll um, we'll put, should we put out on Twitter or something in the next couple of days. Yep. Or after the Bristol City game, once Derby have actually gone through half the season, we'll put it out on Twitter and see what see who you guys think has been our player of the season so far but on that subject Kutch this is a simple one for you what's been your standout moment of the season so far I think it has to be the West Brom game and probably although I'm not a big fan of his and I think he's a little bit overrated by Derby County fans uh, it's got to be Scott Malone's goal against West Brom uh, just because of the end-to-end nature of it the block that he made a really really great block I mean just, just his block was you know get on your feet stuff by itself and then to go down the other end within 30 seconds and, and belt that ball in the bottom corner was a brilliant moment and really summed up that match for us so yeah the, the Scott Malone goal against West Brom would be my, my moment of the season well my moment was going to be that exact moment so instead I'll make, <laughs> I'll make a case for um, Man United away being the, the moment of the season I mean no one gave us a prayer really I know Man United are an absolute shambles this season um, you know a complete waste of money all over the pitch but They've still got the players to beat us easily if they turn it on. And when they scored early, it didn't look good, did it? But the way we competed, and we carved out plenty of chances before we scored as well. We were the better team even before we equalised and during and after we scored as well. And, well, so many takeaways from that game. I mean, the the, the free kick was incredible. Marriott's first goal as well. Keo taking one of the best penalties I've ever seen in the shootout, you know, which which gets forgotten about in the uh, in 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 the Wilson height, doesn't it? But um, that shootout reminded me of the um, Southampton shootout in the playoffs in 06-07, which was also like just a flawless penalty shootout. Basically, we were just incredible in those five penalties. So, many night for me. Tom, what about you? Moment of the season so far? 
I agree with Kutch. The obvious one was West Brom. Um, I remember listening to that on the Piccadilly line, coming back from Heathrow, having landed as the game kicked off uh, from a sports trip. And I also think Man United was great. But I'm going to go right the way back to August and I go Reading away. Away from home, the ball gets thrown down the line, Bennett puts the ball in, Tom Lawrence heads it into the top corner, and I go about three rows forward. Absolutely <laughs> blinding goal, and what a moment to start the season. I, I, my shins were battered and bruised for about two weeks afterwards. So I mean, um, a, a late win is always great, isn't it? But Tom, Lor- Tom Lawrence scoring a header is really one to tell the grandkids about, isn't it? I, mean, I don't think I've seen Tom Lawrence play since then. I, I don't know. I certainly <laughs> didn't see him, haven't seen him play recently, and... But yeah, but what what a great goal from Lawrence, and uh, I, he started the season brilliantly. He's tailed off slightly recently, um, but that that moment, ninety fourth minute, it's a great start to the season to to go back. And obviously, it's a late night game, and uh, we were heading back on the train, and it was like it was buzzing. Well, let's leave it on that note, shall we? I mean, uh, what what better way to end it than those great memories from half a season so far? If we do that again, you know, we'll be right up there, won't we? What have we got? Thirty eight points, so seventy six points, it's fourth place. Plus a little bit more, maybe eighty on 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 a good season. You can almost finish second, but yeah. that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so far so good. Let's be honest for Lampard and for ourselves. Uh, we've got a couple more podcasts coming up for the rest of the year. Now's the time when we can tell you that on Christmas Eve, we're dropping a Steve Bloomer's washing Christmas quiz. You heard that right? Just because we're not nerdy enough about all things Derby County already. We've dedicated an entire podcast to um, taking each other on in quiz format for around 40 minutes, five rounds. There's maths in there, there's sponsors, there's goals, there's stats, there's all sorts in there. Something for everyone. I really enjoyed recording that episode. If you like quizzes. I thought it was brilliant (laughs) and it will be the perfect uh, pre-Christmas tonic. Exactly. Uh, And then we're going to try and squeeze one more in on the 29th or 30th to take in the uh, Norwich, Sheffield United and Bristol City fixtures. But until then, Richard, you'll be, will you be back in the country by then? We're missing you over here. Yeah, I should be back in uh, London on Christmas Eve morning. Uh, so I should be joining you guys. I'll be seeing you, Chris, on Boxing Day in Sheffield. And I should be joining you guys for a podcast uh, between Christmas and New Year. Yeah, we'll be, Kutch and I will be at Bramwell Lane, so um, come and say hello. And... Until then, Tom, thanks for joining us. All the best. Richard, have a lovely festive period. See you on Boxing Day. Thank you very much. See you soon. And thank you to thank you to everyone else for listening. See you soon. Hold up. 